That's right. It's our Halloween episode. <gasps> wait, wait. Let me get my spray bottle of blood. Make sure my blood titties are good. Don't worry. Got it fresh from a virgin this morning. <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. Minus covid but that's okay we're not talking about that right now <laughs> yay halloween Woo! welcome oh to gosh. the halloween episode of skate date so excited so do you excited. like our costumes yeah. for those of you who are listening i am dressed up like velma from scooby-doo and a very good one but like a hentai version one yeah, like, but maybe that's just because I think no matter what you dress up as, that it's very sexy. I mean, the skirt is a little short, but I am wearing bike shorts underneath. I ain't mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Shove, and I am rocking Carrie meets zombie prom queen. I don't know. Every Halloween, I never have a for sure costume. Yeah, you're just kind of it's like DIY a vague, till I die. You're a vague thing yeah but awesome but not vague like the party store uniform uh, costumes when it's all like it's prince but it's all like purple pop star oh yeah not like that <laughs> <laughs> and you're like that's prince obviously prince yeah <laughs> yeah no you look like um like babysitter killer queen fatty uh scary meets it has a sexy niece. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I'm sorry. I love everyone that listens to the podcast. Because that's what you're supposed to do with the podcast, apparently. But I would say, I implore you to just, like, head over to the YouTube. Just to see Or on our us. Instagram to see yeah. our, the picture that we post. Just to see that not only are we in costumes, but I set the mood with candles. Yes, There's it a is spooky mood. skeleton that you can barely see. You can't see. really see. You can see his legs. He's supposed to glow in the dark, but he was already in the dark because we fell at life. That's okay. <laughs> it's good, though. Oh, I'm Rebel, by the way. Yes. I forgot to say that I was Rebel. And we are drinking vampire Vampire blood. blood. And this is Skate Date. And Skate Date is a podcast that we created. Just two two little roller skaters. I was listening to that the other day, and I think it's so funny that I say two little roller skaters, because one, <laughs> we, we are not little. little. <laughs> yeah. I think you're just trying to make it sound super cute. It's just me like... I didn't mean we're to. we two... What are you going to say? Like, we're two old fat roller skaters. <laughs> Who fell in love. Oh, we did. And yes. made a podcast. We made a podcast. <laughs> Maybe that's a little this better. This podcast is our love baby. It is. And it's like a part of our life. And we talk about the real world. And that real wheel world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, babe. Is okay. that devil's blood getting to you? No, I haven't even drank any of it okay. yet. So. Well, we got a good episode today for y'all. Yeah. And the first most, most exciting thing. Oh, wait. Should we tell them what the episode is? about so they can decide to tune in or not tune in well if you couldn't tell already by the vibe we've set <laughs> it's a halloween episode yes we're gonna talk about our experiences with the paranormal yes the halloween experiences and the paranormal experiences yes like halloween the essence of halloween and a spooky time. I'm so ready for this. I've been waiting for this episode since a couple skate dates back when yeah. you referenced a story and I was like, I want to hear that again. But first, we have some 
exciting news to so share. Exciting. So exciting. So <laughs> exciting. <laughs> we got our first sponsor. A real sponsor. We're so excited. So here's our first real sponsored ad. Yes. Here's a hint. What did I spray on my body? Blood. And what is this sound? <laughs> That was lightning. Could it be the one and only? Blood and thunder. thunder. Today's episode is sponsored by Blood and Thunder. Blood and Thunder sells apparel and accessories. What's really cool about Blood and Thunder is that they've been a part of the skate community for so long. They really are part of the blood of roller skating lifestyle. And every time you rock their merch, you bring the thunder. What I really like about Blood and Thunder is how they often collaborate with other skaters to create collections and their merch beats with the pulse of the community. Like the new CIB collection. I love the rose on the sleeve. I like the rip my commitment phobia part. (laughs) (laughs) Blood and Thunder clothing is rad, comfortable, and also goes with the seasons, not to mention plus size. Oh, yeah. Have you heard about the Halloween collection and the Halloween sale that they're having? Their Halloween collection and lots of their original designs are all discounted. Shut up. Okay, but nobody wants to smell your feet after you've been skating. (laughs) It's super gross. Exactly. And it's on sale from $20 to $13. Oh my gosh, what a deal. Okay, but one last thing. Blood and Thunder feels like this huge company because you see their stuff everywhere, right? Yeah, I always see their stuff. Well, it's actually owned by a husband and wife dynamic duo. So you mean by purchasing from Blood and Thunder, you're getting amazing skate apparel? Yep. Supporting a small business? Uh Uh-huh. And reinvesting in the roller skate community? Yes! Oh my gosh, Blood and Thunder, take all of my money. How do I buy it all? Easy. Just go to bloodandthundermag.com. Bloodandthundermag.com. All the cool kids are doing it. Wow, that was such a good ad, babe. I loved that. I love Blood and Thunder. Blood and Thunder is awesome. They're the real one. They are the real ones. (laughs) Okay, so why don't we jump right into this real world. So, should we start by talking about, like, what our history is with Halloween? Like, what our experience is? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. I'm so eager. All right, all right. Who's going first? You. I don't want to go first. I can go first if you don't want to. So, like, I feel like yours is sad. (laughs) Okay, okay, we'll start with a sad one. Um, So, 90% of my life, uh, I was not allowed to celebrate Halloween because my family is very Christian, and they believe that Halloween is the devil's holiday and that it should not be celebrated. So... Growing up, I wasn't allowed to trick-or-treat or or anything like that. In fact, when we were at home on Halloween, because we were always at home, um, I, I, like, would hide in the garage and would, like, paint or do something in the garage, and they would turn out all the lights so that no trick-or-treaters would come. 
Wah, wah. I know, wah, wah. And there was one year that I like snuck out and I try. I went trick or treating. I was in like I was like I think I was thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. and me and my three best friends were eighties uh, rock musicians, <laughs> and we did not look like 80s rock musicians but we tried so hard and we teased <laughs> out our hair like we made our hair super big oh and then gosh. we sprayed it with different colors and we wore leather jackets wow yeah such a rebel rebel i know i know <laughs> and then i didn't celebrate halloween again until i don't know we started dating Dang. I mean, like, I went to, like, I, when I was teaching or when I was, like, a uh, leader at youth group, I um, <laughs> would dress up. So I dressed up, like, Kesha, and I, I dressed up, like, different people, and I've always enjoyed dressing up. nothing scary. I've never dressed up as anything scary, and I also have just never really celebrated Halloween until we got together. That makes me so sad. Like, I want to cry. Like, Halloween... It's just, like, something that I was just raised, like, Halloween and birthday, those are the best things. Like, Christmas is cool because presents, but, like, it's all about Halloween and my birthday for me. Well, now I'm, like, obsessed with Halloween because I didn't know how great it was, but, like, I literally was scared of it. Like, I was taught my whole life to be scared of it because it's the devil's holiday, and if you went door to door, then you would bite into an apple and there would be a razor blade in it. Well, there's always there's always something every year. Everyone knows the whole urban legend of like you're gonna buy like there's gonna be arsenic in the candy. Yeah, or beware the house that has the candied apples. Like there's always something, and like yeah, don't eat things that are like here's my homemade rice krispie treat. Like no, yeah. no. I ain't well, I was it. told that they would inject candy. Like, that there would be a hole that was indistinguishable to you. So you couldn't eat anyone's candy because, like, it could be injected with, like, a sedative or something. I mean, I guess that's in the spirit of Halloween. They still scared the shit out of you, so. Yeah, they really did. But Good good job, Not on purpose. (laughs) I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I have, like, a couple of friends, like, I've met through my life where they're like, oh, yeah, we never celebrated Halloween because, like, we're Christian. And I think one of the saddest ones I heard was, like, my friend Jose was like, he said, like, the first time his parents were like, okay, we're going to let you dress up, but it has to be something biblical. So, like, his, his like, sis, I think his, like, brother was, like, Jesus or something, and someone was Mary, and he was Moses. And so he went to school in his costume as Moses, and then everyone kept calling him Osama bin Laden. No. And, like, it was right after, like, 9-11 or something. So, like, he was, like, crying, and then after that, he was like, I never want to celebrate Halloween again. And I was like, no. That's so sad. sad. Okay, (laughs) I saw a video the other day, and it was of someone dressed up like Jesus, and they were on one of those, what are those boards called that you just, like, tilt forward? Not, uh, not the... Not the one that, like, you just float, like, a couple years back at Christmas, like, it was a really popular gift. Oh, I don't know. It looks like a skateboard, but it's a... A hoverboard? Yeah. Is it called that? A hoverboard. Yeah, someone was on a hoverboard, they were dressed like Jesus, Mm -hmm. and they decorated the hoverboard to look like clouds. Uh Uh-huh. So it was just Jesus, like, (laughs) floating around this whole, like, public area and, like, giving money to people. (laughs) And I was like, this is the best. I want Jesus to give me money. If Jesus gave me money, I might be a Christian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
have many thoughts. <laughs> well, for me, um, Halloween was always a big deal. Like, there's pictures of me in a costume, like, being, like, two years old. So, it was always, like, get dressed up, go trick-or-treating with, like, a pillowcase. I always wanted a glow-in-the-dark, like, pumpkin, but I always had a pillowcase because we were poor. And they were like, that's a waste of money. Um, so, growing up, like, I usually would have, like, a costume um from the store but once I hit like middle school I was like I make my costumes now because I just realized like nothing was spooky enough like I didn't want to wear this stupid dress and be a princess I didn't want to be like a vampire and like pay for this cloak like I wanted to go through store shopping and like find fake blood and like accessories and just be something spooky and like I felt I always feel like that's my time to shine and that's the first time I realized like makeup Cause I wasn't like a girly girl uh, growing up. I was a tomboy, but when it came to Halloween, I was like, "Oh, I knew that's when like I was playing with all kinds of stuff and contouring, like not uh, even knowing yeah. what contouring uh-huh. is, but like I was drawn for like to the to the extent of thinking like I'm gonna grow up to be a uh, like a special a special artist. effects artist. That's awesome. like I used to think that's my goal, and um, then. I don't know, like, haunted houses, like, being scared. Because, like, we already talked about it. Like, scary movies are my jam. So, scary movies for me is 24-7 all year long. So, Halloween just means, like, I'm allowed to be a weirdo. I'm allowed to run around screaming in the streets. Which, trust me, I have done that many of Halloweens. <laughs> where I literally just ran screaming bloody murder. And people are just like, ah. Like, it's normal. <laughs> and, like, when you're, like, a weird kid, like, it's, like, I get to be normal one day a year. Oh, yeah, and it's, cute. like, oh, my gosh. Like, being a goth kid and everyone wanting to be goth on Halloween is, like, I'm always goth. But, like, oh stepping it up. Like, I used to pour blood all over me and wear scandalous things and be, like, I can get away with it because it's Halloween. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, Halloween just always means some, so much to me. I think there's only been, like, maybe two Halloweens my whole life where, like, as an adult, especially, especially well... Especially as an adult, like, there's only been, like, maybe two times I didn't get to, like, do anything. Um, But for the most part, like, it's been a huge part of my life. And, like, I was really sad because I was like, oh, no, like, COVID's taking Halloween, too. But now I think, like, after today, like, we did a little fun photo shoot in our costumes Yeah, it was super fun. Did a little campy thing. We did a campy, like, yeah. So... We'll see. We'll post. We'll make sure we post it. We'll make sure we post it. We did like a campy like photo shoot Mm -hmm. as me dressed up as Velma and her dressed up as this like zombie prom queen. Zombie prom queen. (laughs) And I think like things like that is what makes Halloween fun. And like sitting here surrounded by candles in the garage and it was cold today for the first time. So nice. I mean, it's like 71, which is cold for LA. (laughs) (laughs) But. I don't know, like, I don't know, it just makes me happy. It's one of those things, like, the way you get about Christmas and Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. like, that's how I get around Halloween, and I think after today, I'm just like, oh my god, yay! Yeah, (laughs) it is really exciting. And today, like, over lunch, we watched The Grudge. Yes! Spooky day. Spooky, spooky. Yeah, so, like, babe, do you have any ghost stories? So, I don't know that you would call them ghost stories, but it seems after talking to you about it that I do have ghost stories, Mm. but they are not, I don't know, I need to reframe them a little bit because Mm -hmm. I always saw them as like (laughs) demon stories. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, demon stories are scary stories. Yeah, no, I know. And that's what I, that's what I realized. So I don't know. I feel like. 
I feel like a lot of mine are just like pieces that mm-hmm. you're that like I experienced through life. It wasn't necessarily like it doesn't have like a complete ending because I feel like with all okay, y'all are gonna be like this girl is loopy AF <laughs> right now, but. I feel like when you're really experiencing spiritual, like, activity, Mm -hmm. that you don't get the answers that, um, I feel like in movies, having watched many movies now in the month of October, (laughs) I feel like in movies it portrays this, like, complete story. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, every single, like, ghost activity or demonic interaction has been, like, a piece, but it's never, like, connected to a whole thing. Uh-huh. So it's just led to me being scared because there was no explanation, and a lot of it just rooted from my parents being like, be scared of anything that's not, like, Jesus talking mm-hmm. to you. I also felt like I um, heard from God many times. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know that's not, like, a ghost story, but I feel like uh-huh. that's also, like, spiritual yeah. activity. Um, but why don't I just tell you about the time that people thought I was possessed? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to start with a small one. Nothing big. Okay. Just maybe a possession. I mean, no oppression. Continue. Yeah. So, okay. So, I was at a camp. And this camp... Oh, gosh. I can't remember if this was two different camps. I feel camps. like I have to put the... Like, you have to hold... Okay, I can't remember if this was two different camps or this is one, so I'm going to tell it as if it was one camp because I do think it was one. Oh, wow, I'm remembering so many stories right now. Okay, okay. She so just triggered herself. I just I totally triggered myself just now. <laughs> um, so uh, I was at the summer camp, and every year growing up, I would go to a summer camp and a winter camp, and it was like Christian camp mm-hmm. where they like get you to repent for all your sins and like all that sort of stuff. Anyways, so at every single camp, I had some sort of spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Every single one. So there was one specific one. I think I was in like sixth or seventh grade and I was having a lot of like abnormal experiences. So, uh, experiences that when you're in the, in the moment, it doesn't seem so weird. So like there would be night services and at the night services, I would just cry uncontrollably. And before it was even, like, the point where you get to the altar, like, I would just, like, sit in the service, and I would just, like, cry. And I didn't know why I was crying. Like, it was just, like, a weird, like, Mm -hmm. you're just crying. And then I would, like, go, and I would read the Bible, and I'd be like, okay, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I would be walking through, because it's in the mountains, and I'd be walking through the dark, and I'd be so scared, because I would, like, think I saw things, Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, feel really scared of walking from, like, the cabin to the service, and, like, like all that sort of stuff. And so like as the days got on, it got progressively worse because it's a five-day camp. And so it got progressively worse. Like every time I was in the night services, like I would have a stronger physical reaction to when they were talking about God. Mm. And um, like, so it got to the point where, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I promise this is not made up. <laughs> and also I promise that I'm a completely sane, normal human being. Um <laughs> But it got to the point where the last day, like, uh, I was in, I just remember being in the, like, service area, and someone said, like, they were, like, doing worship music and, like, saying the name of Jesus, and then I started screaming. Oh, like, like, I I just started screaming, like, yelling, and, and they 
g grabbed me and they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I couldn't form my words to like explain to them if I was yeah. okay or not. And I just felt like I couldn't control what was coming out of my mouth. And, and it I wasn't like, like you were speaking in tongues. No, no, I've spoken in tongues before oh, yeah. and that was not it. Okay. No, it was like, uh, like angry. Uh. And so I couldn't, I couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was shaking. And so I just remember like shaking and like yelling. And so they like grabbed me and then they took me down underneath the church, like mm -hmm. into this like attic kind of a thing or base basement, took me into a basement underneath the church. And then they put me in a chair and I was like freaking out in the chair. So then they tied me in the chair. And so there was like six people that were in there and they were like praying over me and like, uh, like putting Bibles in my face and like all this sort of stuff for hours for hours Ugh. of them trying to like exercise the demon out of me. Um, and then like, you know, like it was fine at the end or whatever. Like, I don't know if it, they were, they were like, we're successful now. And I was like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I think my body just got tired or something. Like, I don't know what oh actually God. happened, but, uh, then they, yeah. So then it was like, Oh, I'm okay. And then I was like, like, is it even possible that I was possessed? And they were like, you weren't possessed. You were oppressed because you have like Jesus living inside of you, but you did have it, several demons like following you around. And that's why you were like so scared all the time. And like, uh, that's why you were like freaking out. And it was kind of crazy because when I did leave that area, I felt so light. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like happy. Like something was going yeah, on. Yeah, like for sure. something was for sure going on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that was the, and that's not my first encounter with like feeling like I was being followed by demons and mm -hmm. being uh, like watched by demons or all that sort of stuff. But that was just the time when I, like they tried to free me of my oppression. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's a tough act to follow. I'll hold the talking candle, the spooky time candle now. Um, I think my first experiences would be, I was only child, so, well, I am the only child. So I did a lot of just like playing by myself and talking to myself and just like being alone. So I had my own room and kind of was always kind of left to my own devices. Um, and I can remember one night having like a nightmare where I was like in the dark, like it was a completely dark room. And there were like black cats, but I knew they were cats. And I just assumed they were black because it was black inside. And I couldn't see anything. And they were like piling on me and piling on me. And then like, I could hear them screaming, like screeching, like cat noises. And then I wake up and I look around and I can't move. And Ugh. it's like something's holding me ah! down. And that was the first time, like, I experienced sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis. But I didn't oh, know what it was no, for years later. Like, that's so scary. And I remember, like, pulling full force, trying to get up, trying to get up, and then just flinging forward. Oh, my and God. Just you being, probably like, looked like you were possessed. Yeah, and just being like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, that's And so then um, shortly after that, I started sleepwalking and would say weird things about, like, the oracle and, like crying and then laughing and oh wetting gosh. myself oh my, like oh my gosh. walking to the end of the hallway and wetting ah, myself and okay. then just waking up and like not knowing waking up with different clothes on and being like what happened and oh, my mom yeah. having to explain like like very like the exorcist uh behavior <laughs> but i had yeah. never seen that movie oh, like yeah. at, at the time so there was like little things like that so my parents were like hmm, okay um 
But when my grandma got really sick and then eventually when she passed, well, we knew it was the end and the hospital in Palo Alto called us and they were like, like Donna, like bring the family up. Like we think the time's close. My grandma was in a coma. All the women in my family died pretty young of cancer. So this was my grandma's turn. And she... Like, they said talk to her, but I just felt like, even as a kid, I was just like, can you really hear me? Like, I don't know. Like, I held her hand a little bit. And my mom, like, everyone was just like, just say your goodbyes. Like, this could be the last time. We don't know. Um, And then the next day was Mother's Day. And that's when we were leaving Palo Alto to go back to Modesto. And on the car ride, I randomly woke up and asked my mom and dad, like, what time it was. And my mom told me the time and then I just went back to sleep. Like that was it. And by the time we got home, they called and to tell us that my grandma had died and the time of death was the exact time that I woke up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's so wild. just little things where it's just like weird. Um I've always kind of like heard things. Like mm-hmm. when I was younger, I used to think like I was like closer to that because I would always hear my name being called or like little things I would hear or like see out of the corner of my eye and like my parents would just say it was your imagination like it's just your imagination and I'm like no like literally I would just like hear my real name is Marilyn and I would hear like and then I would, like, go into the room and, like, be like, oh, you called me? And they'd be like, no. Like, my parents were like, what are you doing? Like, no one called you. That's like, you're crazy. crazy. And But it was, like, always hearing mm-hmm. different things. And always wondering, like, oh, is that my grandma? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, wasn't sure. Um, before I get into more, do you have any other stories you would like to tell? Um, well, I mean, I... Okay, so I used to be so scared because I used to think I was going crazy when I was in my early 20s because I used to like when I was driving I used to like see things in trees and stuff like as I was Mm -hmm. driving by and like I used to well okay so when I was most of my like major activity happened when I was in like sixth seventh eighth grade like around that area was when I was really susceptible to it and really really scared of it as well and I would like have I I felt like I could feel different presences especially when I was in my room and so I used to like sit I think I've said this before I used to sit in front of the sliding glass door and just like count down the hours to when Mm -hmm. it gets dark because I was so scared of like the dark and having to like be in my room and I was on a bunk bed and I used to think that there was just like a demon like hovering over me and like my little sister was on the bottom and I was always like so shocked that she could sleep through the night and mm-hmm. I could never sleep through the night. Like I would no, just like be there and you. I couldn't sleep through the night. Oh. And um, like I used to go into my parents' room and I was never like they never let me like sleep in their room or anything mm-hmm. like that. They always just told me to pray. And so I just would like pray oh. and try and pray and try and pray and like would just weep and like be so scared and like just and so that's why like I don't know like that's why for me like scary stories and scary movies are so hard to watch because like I know that shit is real Mm -hmm. you know like I know that I experienced so much of that and so if the right like if I watch the right thing and that gets into my head like I'm fucked you know like I I I hope like every time I go to watch a movie I hope that it's not going to be realistic like that's why I always have to watch a movie and go oh that's not real 
Mm-hmm. And then I'm fine. But, like, when it's real, I'm like, yikes. So, anyways, I don't know. It, like, scared <laughs> me, and I, I don't know. Like, yeah, you can, you can go. <laughs> um, I've never felt afraid, necessarily, by anything, um, except for my Ouija board experiences. It's usually felt more like I've had, like, things around me, or it's been a sense of, like, a really strong intuition. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been able to be, like, sense when things are gonna happen. Like, oh, like, this is gonna happen sooner than this, or something small, or, like, oh, so many times, like, a big, like, you should grab, like, you should grab this, or you should move that cup, because, it, like, it's going to fall, and then I'll ignore I'm like, you're stupid, and then literally it'll fall. Like, and it happens mm. almost all the time, so I'm getting better. Like, it took me a long time to realize, like, listen to yourself. There's a yeah. reason you think it's stupid that something's telling you to, like, go out of your way to move something, but almost every time I ignore it, like, something ends up getting broken, and it's like, I already knew, like, that was going to happen, or... Mm-hmm someone's coming and it's just like I don't know always like that then I'm trying to embrace it more and I think like not rejecting it and like respecting it a little more that maybe there's more to it you know um and before I just be like no that's just stupid like it's just your imagination like and it's just a coincidence you know you try to talk yourself out of it like that's not real like I did that like for a long time um but my Ouija board experience, the first one was, because my parents were like, it's Christmas, let's buy our daughter a Ouija board oh shortly after her grandma died. Nightmare. <laughs> like, it was either that year or the next year, and, um, oh my gosh, like, it hit my mom so hard when her mom died, so it was kind of, like, hard for her. And we had the Christmas tree still up, and it was, like, that time, you know, between an Ha- not Halloween, between the Christmas and New Year's. So we turn off all the lights except for the Christmas tree. Like, oh, so cute. And she's like, let's play the Ouija board. Oh <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. Remember, people, you can get Ouija boards from, like, Toys R Us. Rip, toy- Toys R Us. Rip. Rip. Um, so my mom had the great idea, like, let's talk to Marilyn Monroe, because that's, like, who I'm originally named after. Oh and I was obsessed, like, with Marilyn Monroe for, like, a huge chunk of my life. Like, every biopic. Low-key still like, are. Yeah, like, still, like, it's not like now I'm, like, I still need a poster, but, like, loved it. So anyways, I'm like, this is going to be great. And, like, even as a kid, I was like, there's a conspiracy theory on how Marilyn Monroe was killed by the government. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yes, I was that kid. Oh you know, gosh. only child. We're weird. Deal with it. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, my mom's like, Marilyn Monroe, are you there? And it's, like, spelling out her name. And I'm like, ooh, we're talking to Marilyn Monroe. And uh, then my mom's like, or I'm like, who killed you? And it goes... To, it spells out the name Bobby and I'm like oh my god Bobby that's Robert Kennedy that's JFK's oh brother like again I'm a like nine year old and I'm like I have all this knowledge of government yeah. conspiracies to kill Marilyn Monroe <laughs> because Marilyn Monroe and JFK had an affair this is why I am the way I am babe just yeah, so you okay. know you know I, I just you. grew up weird weird exactly I'll die weird um so it was all fun and games you know murdered actresses and presidents who did it uh then it takes a dark turn and my mom's like hey ouija board mom are you there 
And even me, I'm like, oh, no, we're going to talk to Grandma? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Don't know where my dad was, but me and my mom just playing Ouija board, talking to her dead mom while my mom's still a little sore about it, and I'm still a little in denial about it. So it goes to yes, like, that my grandma's there. And I'm like, I ask it, like, if you're really there, give us a sign. And, like, it doesn't really do anything. Like, nothing happens. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then my mom decides to ask, do you still love me? And then it moves to no. And my mom's like, why would you do that to me? Like, why why would you make it say no? And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought you've been moving it the whole time. And she's all like, why would I move it to say that my mom doesn't love me? Like, why would you do that? Like, I'm not, she was like, I'm not fucking kidding. Like, why would you do that? Like, she's like, livid. And now I'm scared. Because one, my mom's pissed off at me. And two, that means the Ouija board's real. And three, that means we're not talking to my grandma. This is some crazy thing that's like, yeah, doing something. And... You know, like, I didn't know, like, now I respect spirit boards more and, like, might choose to open that door again, even though Rebel's like, please don't. No, please don't. Um, But, like, spirit boards are not meant to be disrespected. And, like, we grew up in the 90s when, like, it was just a toy. So we didn't know. And I think already being a child that was very susceptible to, like things and hearing things like it was just easy for something to come through um some of you will probably think I'm crazy but yes I believe in it (laughs) and I just remember being freaked out we stopped and I could not sleep that night because all I could think was I asked for a sign so something's gonna happen to me tonight and that Uh, is not my grandma and I remember like calling out to my grandma and be like please protect me from whatever's coming for me and like freaking out I hate that so I wouldn't play with the Ouija board for a while and then um I like until my neighbor then I became like the best way is just denial again so I would like take it to my friend's house to play ha ha and then I took it to um my best friend's house next door when I was little like a year later and I was like let's play the Ouija board and like she like went to go get us snacks or something and I was like I'm gonna play with it by myself like you know I feel like I need to prove something and we're in her garage like we are right now in the garden. and I start like asking if anything's there and it starts kind of like moving and then I feel a tingle going up my fingers and up my arms it's like a numbing and like I don't know it's just me being like fucking scared but like it just like my subconscious coming forward but it just felt wrong and I just let go and then I was like I'm never playing this thing again and I still have it. I still have that Ouija board, but I won't play no, it. No, you should not play that. Yeah. And then the last major experience, the one that you want to know about. I know you've told me about it already. I'm just trying to remember it. <laughs> it was after my mom died. And because as I said, we all die young. Um, <laughs> my dad had remarried. Um, so he had a stepwife. Like, literally a year after my mom's passing. Annoying, yeah. yeah men to, men move faster because they can't live alone, supposedly. So, uh, he replaced my mom really fast. And it was Christmas morning. And I was, like, I had moved back home, like, when my mom got sick. So, I was still living there after she passed. And I would always sleep in my bed with, like, facing the wall, like, on my side. And... I woke up and it was still kind of dark 
and I heard Marilyn, sweetie, it's time to get up to open presents. And I was like, like, what? Like, oh, I'm getting up. And I thought it was funny because, like, even as an adult, I would get up early, like, early, like, 5 a.m. Like, I want to open presents. That's so Like, cute. I just couldn't control I it. Like, I, just, I don't know. It's, like, super exciting. So I thought it was weird, and I was still talking. I was like, oh, just a little bit. And then, like, I felt, like, her reach over and, like, touch me and kind of shake me, like, Marilyn, sweetie, wake up. Like, it's time to open presents again. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm coming. And then, like, I remember, like, all of a sudden, like, I didn't hear a door open or close. Like, oh, and I, in between that, kind of looked over my shoulder and I saw the outline of a woman's, like, head that's knelt at my bed. Like, knelt down at my level, like, shaking my shoulder. Oh, my God. So, and that's when I turned back over, like, in between the, her saying it. And then I remember thinking, like, that's weird. That sounded like my mom. And, like, like Brenda, my stepmom at the time, doesn't call me, like, sweetie like that. So I get out of bed, and I walk into the kitchen. I can smell the ham, the Christmas ham cooking. It's five in the morning. No one's awake weird and i'm just like what the fuck was that and so i just like was like i think that was my mom that was definitely my mom like the more i was like thinking about like the shape of the person the frame and i was like okay just gonna go back to bed and like it took me a while to tell my dad about it and my dad said i see your mom pretty often it was like sometimes i walk in and i get a glimpse of her sitting on the couch with like her feeding tube like, just sitting there. And, like, it's, like, straight, like, and I have to do a double take and nothing's there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was just like, what the? Like, for, like you never told me? Like, just, what? I'm just hanging out. <laughs> oh, Yeah. And, like, I remember just being like, but that's the only time I, um, that one was a big deal because I had heard things before and I had seen things before. But I never had been touched before. Yeah. And I never had, like, all three happening at the same time. Like, so, like, I never, like, heard and seen something. It was always spread out. So, um, but while that was happening was, like, one of the first times I was, like, really suicidal. So, um, I remember, like, the person I was dating at the time said, like, you probably saw her. She came to you because, like, she knew how, like, dark things were getting. So, like, I think, like, it was, like, something to give me, like, hope to keep going. But yeah. I don't know. Some people don't believe in this stuff, but like I believe in I the believe spirit in world. That. So yeah, I definitely believe in it. Yeah. <sighs> spooky time. Oh my gosh, oh, spooky. I'm a little scared now. We're in the know, dark. Me too. Bowie Why did we get in the like, dark for this? What are we doing? But we started acting up as I was talking about spirits. Uh, well, oh, he can time. see the spookies. Oh, there was that time at our at our place. When we first moved here. Oh, this place was definitely haunted. For sure this place was haunted. Um, when we first moved here, Bowie would, like, bark at random corners of the house and, like, would not come into different rooms at certain times. Would refuse. Like, we'd have to drag him into the bedroom. And then he would freak out for a good time. Yeah, and then one night... I started, oh, I forgot that that's something that I've had happen a lot to me, actually. Uh Um, I just started, like, kind of convulsing, and it wasn't a seizure. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, a, like, I couldn't really breathe, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, my body, it's like my body would just convulse. And Mm -hmm. I've had it happen before where it happened for, like, 
you know, like five, ten minutes and, and it's kind of sporadic. I literally blacked that out. Like, I forgot yeah. about that. And this time it happened for several hours. And it was really scary. And it, I was really scared. And there was absolutely nothing wrong with my health. Yeah. It was like, just like a weird thing happening to me. Uh, uh, Bowie always like needing to like get up in the middle of the night all of a sudden, not until we moved here. And now it's like a habit, but uh, to get up and go drink water and use the bathroom. So like I'm getting up in the middle of the night and like I open the back door, let Bowie out and the washer and dryer we have like sings a little tune when it turns on. So I'm just standing there, and then all of a sudden it's like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look, and it, like, was just turned on. And I was like, uh-uh. And I turned it off, and I yeah, was like. Yeah, and then we're having weird issues with electricity where just, like, some of the appliances would just shut off randomly. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was a lot. And it was then, a lot. So Rebel was like, I'm going to cleanse the house. And then, like, things got a little, like, downed a little bit but then it was just again and my friend jay read my cards and then it said the same thing that my card said and we both read at separate times on our tarot that it was a male entity and that it was looking for a motherly uh, figure and that it wasn't something bad um but that we could uh eventually get rid of it and rebel tried to cleanse the house but she didn't cleanse the whole property <laughs> so i think that's why i hung yeah. out um and then i did the whole property but it was weird it took there was still like a lingering feeling like where it was like there's something still here but it was like understood that it was to mind its own business basically yeah. and now it just feels like it's nothing yeah like yeah Y'all are gonna think we're so crazy. You're all gonna this. think we're so You're like, crazy. These crazy this. witches. Well, you know what? Oh well. Oh well. But y'all love this during spooky time. Everyone loves a witch during spooky time. Yeah, it's all and the then rest of the like, time. It's like go to hell, like, ah, you weirdos. Yeah. Every other month of the year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, is that all for our spooky time? I think that's all for our spooky time. So let's move on to the wheel world. Wheel world. Okay, so in the wheel world, we are going to talk about roller derby. And how it can be a cult. But how it can also be really great. Amazing. Family-like. You almost forget about your real family. Oh my gosh. Okay, so (laughs) we've never talked about roller derby on this podcast, so we we figured it. it would be a good day to start. Yeah, and it's like a lot of there's a lot of new skaters that don't know what roller derby is. Yeah, um, even skaters that have been around that are like, I've never been to a derby belt because once you're in derby, you see it everywhere. It's everywhere, though. yeah. And derby becomes your life, and you love it. And you'll do anything for your team. Yeah. So real quick, derby is a sport that you play on roller skates that is in on a track. And essentially what's happening is you're trying to pass other players in order to make points. And so it's really aggressive. You yeah. end up like hitting each other, you end up falling along. Think like rugby 
in a circle on skates with Let's no ball. Not yeah. go into detail because there's so yeah, it's, it's way too much. But um, when you join a roller derby league, most roller derby leagues are self-sustaining, mm-hmm. so it requires a lot of volunteer hours. So not yes. only are you at practice and you're paying days to week, be there, you're paying uh, dues to be there, and then you also have to participate in actual. Um, yeah, you volunteer at the bouts, whether it's cleanup or bartending. Um, running fundraising. the fundraising. Yes, you have to be a part of a committee. Yeah. So there's like a lot that it asks of you to keep it running. So which can be an amazing thing because a lot of people find roller derby at times in their lives when they really need like I did something. Yeah, you know they need something to be their support. They need a family. They need something. It's a lot of cis women as a majority. And a lot of people that are mothers, um, you would think like a lot, the stereotypical derby player is an uh, angry man-hating lesbian. But um, really that's not the case. Yeah. That <laughs> it's not, it's a lot of moms, a lot of teachers, a lot of nurses. A lot of nurses. People that have these jobs where like they take a lot in and what probably keeps them from taking that home is being able to take it out on the track. Yeah. Um, and I think derby can be something that really like helps people. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a since it's something active physically, it's like a pushes therapy. yourself, but it's therapy too. It gives you like a sisterhood, yeah, um, it gives a you something to push towards. Yeah, and I think like and it's physical. Yeah, and it's physical, and it's just like it's amazing. Like I like dirt. I owe a lot to a lot of things in my life to derby. And I just feel like it can be great. There were times where it just became too much for me because I felt like I was volunteering so much and not other people were. And are like, you feel like the pressure of like, am I going to get in trouble when I don't go to practice? Because you forget that like you're paying to be there. But it yeah, feels like you're going to get in trouble. Like you have it to be there. It does feel like that for sure. Like you're not going to be able to scrimmage. If you don't show up, you will not be able to play this game if you don't show up. And it's because they want you to be good. But sometimes it just feels like, oh my gosh, on top of work and school and yeah. relationships. And it's almost like all your friends are in derby. Yeah, that's what it ends up being. Like your life ends up being derby. Yeah. And like they even call people people's spouses who yeah. aren't uh in the roller derby world, they call them derby widows. Yeah, because they're just like your partner is dead. They you don't see them anymore. You just exist to come to the games yeah. and sit there and cheer them on. Yeah, there <laughs> so there's um some stuff that's going on in the derby world right now. So there is like a a lot of issues that are rising to the surface with LA Renegades specifically, but that have existed in many derby leagues, yes. I think, um, that are this really exclusive, um, almost cult-like behavior and almost abusive behavior. In the case of LA Renegade, definitely abusive behavior. Um, but in other leagues, it's kind of borderline where it's like people expect derby to be your number one priority and that's it. Yes. And it's all about, like, what kind of ranking you are. Like, some people expect you to not only show up to practice, but you better go to the gym when you're not at practice. And to the point where they're weighing you and, like, all that stuff's extreme. Now, not all derby is like this. So let me say again, derby can be amazing and life-changing and such a good thing. And that's why, and it does ask a lot from you. And it's just, like, 
we joke when we're in Derby that's like, oh, it's like we're in a cult. But to be serious, because it's so welcoming and demands so much from you, but you're willing to give it, that's why with the wrong person in charge, i.e. your coaches or the the president of the league. Director of the league or whatever. If they're not a good person, it's easy to slowly slide into an unsafe place. Yeah. And and it becomes a toxic league. Yeah. And so what we really wanted to talk about today is this idea of having boundaries when you are in Derby. Because boundaries are super important just in your life and, like, to protect yourself and, like, to preserve your own, like, being and your own relationships. But, like, going into Derby, into this thing that can be so, like, all-inclusive and so consuming and in the most amazing way, but it also can be that in in a detrimental way if you let it get to that point. It's really important to create boundaries for yourself and decide, like, okay, this is how much I... how much of myself how much time how much all this stuff that i want to dedicate to derby yeah because there is a lot because you want to and in the day it's a sport and they want to win and that's why your team's demanding so much um but like i know rebel like was having breakdowns and it wasn't necessarily derby's fault but it was just like derby was like the straw that broke the camel's back because she was working so hard as an adjunct at all these campuses trying to have a relationship with me be a wonderful dog mom to bowie um doing other things on top of her regular jobs and then derby needed more because she was on travel team needed even more like they made these rules like once they got with with status like okay now you have so many hours you need to practice mm-hmm. so it was like how am I going to make it from this city to this city to make it to practice? I yeah, want to, I want to so- play. And then it's, you have to start asking yourself, is it worth it? Like, can you step down? So make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself. Cause yeah, yeah you wanna I play, was arriving but- like an hour late to every practice because I was driving from Fullerton all the way to Wilmington. But and you felt so guilty about it. And so you felt so guilty have. about it. I Be- felt so bad that I was arriving late to practice it. Yeah, and by like, then I had already t- took my LOA and I was like, I'm in the league helping out, but I'm not playing because I'm in school. I can't make it to practice. So for me, like, it shifted my view. So now I was on the outside and I could see, like, that it was getting to you. So for me, I was constantly like, it's okay. Like, it's they're going to have to understand. Like, you want to please them so hard because you want it's your team and your team relies on you and you rely on them but i think it's like understanding like hey you're allowed to talk to them and be like hey i just can't do it let's agree on these terms and they they were definitely like when i told them hey these are the things Mm -hmm. that you know i'm doing for work they were like okay fine you can work like we'll work with you and all this sort of stuff so that was good but i still felt that like weird tug within myself because I really wanted to play derby and play derby well. Like, I love roller derby. Like, I think it's awesome. But I also was like, I'm trying to be a career woman and I'm trying to, like, uh, take care of my family and make sure that, like, we're all good, you know? Word of the night is balance. (laughs) Yeah, and so I was struggling a lot with balance. And I think having talked to a lot of derby players, I think that that's a common issue, with derby yeah. players is we struggle to create balance because we fall I think I think a lot of people that join derby are very all in kind of a people. Yeah. And so 
because we're all in people and we we want to give all of ourselves to the sport and mm-hmm. and the way derby is set up because it's so consuming like derby will take anything that you are willing to give it yeah you know and so you have to create boundaries for yourself in order to have a long sustaining derby career mm-hmm. in order to really be in a good mindset when you're on the court or on the track or when you're helping out with your league you want to be there because you want to be there you don't want to be there because you, you feel like you have there. to be there yeah do you think like any advice for people that like don't know what the signs are that this is becoming an unhealthy community to be in like this is getting a little too controlling like what are the signs i think when you yeah i think when you start realizing that you are sacrificing yourself more often than not for the sake of the team um that's when you should start questioning true and that or if like they're making you question your morals i think too because i think like usually you'll see something and you know it's wrong like I think, like, from what I heard of, like, stories of, like, what's happening with um, leagues now, it's, like, you have a sense that something's wrong, but you're kind of following with everyone else. Like, oh, well, everyone yeah, else yeah, seems like, like, this is, this is normal. Or is this not so wrong? I guess I don't know. it's not a big deal, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, this isn't right, and you start ignoring that. And then you start doing that more and more until you're part of the problem. I don't know. It's, like, it makes me feel icky because it's, like, Derby can be so beautiful and like so I don't want people and so and I, amazing. I don't I don't want what, people that like, especially new skaters, I don't want them to have this view of Derby. Or like our friend Jesse who said like all the fresh meat that's the new skaters to think like, oh, I don't want to join Derby anymore. Like I don't want to transfer to another league because it's all bad. It's not yeah, and all it's bad. It's not all bad. Just it's take that not. experience and learn from it and grow from it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts about Derby Leagues and all of that kind of stuff? Derby is great. And when the pandemic's over, I would say go ahead and check out a game or join a league if you want to, because it's very empowering. And just don't be afraid that if that league doesn't fit, to just be like, not for me and join another league. Yeah, there are so many leagues out there. Don't be scared of trying many of them. Exactly. So... To the LA Renegades, former LA Renegades, most likely at this point, just I'm sorry for what happened. We're so sorry for what happened. And I hope that your friends and family are there for you. And don't be afraid to go reach out to your fellow leagues to transfer because they will welcome you with opening arms. And don't be afraid to like take time to heal. You know, like that's traumatizing. Exactly. So we love you. We love you. All right, that's the wheel world. Let's move on to Two Girls, One Pup. Come here, Bowie. He's sleeping. Do you think if I wake him up, he's going to pant all over the place again? I don't know. He's got a magician cape on. He's got a witch's hat on. Wow, (laughs) he looks so good. So cute. So, Two Girls, One Pup. Guess what happened in Bowie's life this last week? Bowie finally made a friend. He made a friend. A doggy friend whose name happened to be Derby. So we thought it fit really well with this episode. 
And Derby belongs to Dita as Miss Muertos on Instagram. And Derby's like a little mini pitch pitcher. So cute. And she's really old too. So we were like, they're going to be old buddies. Yeah. And it was crazy. Like we were really worried when they were around each other. And they were just, for the first time, we saw Bowie sniff a dog's butt instead of trying to tear its throw out. Throw it, it was out. so <laughs> cute. And then Dita went and got treats, which and you would think would be totally fine. I don't know. I had a weird feeling right away. And she was like, oh, let me go get some treats. So she gives Bowie a treat. And Bowie's like, hell yeah, great day. I'm getting treats. And then goes to give her dog a treat. And Bowie was like, fuck that bitch. Only I get treats. Yeah, and literally went for the Derby's throat. Yeah. And then once after that, it was just like not cool. Like... Bowie was, like, there, and then Bowie was chill, and then Derby was, like, like, towards Bowie, like, no, we're not friends anymore. They were not friends after that. But we have hopes that in the future that they might be friends. Yeah, because it was super cute when they're getting along, and I just want Bowie to have a doggy friend. Bowie, you are so peaceful right now. He's He's so chill. Like, he's, he's like, like this literally chilling. Magician's cape and hat. I you think he low-key so, might still be asleep. I'm sorry, like, him in this hat is the cutest so thing precious. ever. Boy's adorable and definitely asleep at this point. He is yeah. so heavy right now. He's wow. had He's had a big day of watching us skate back and forth on a ramp. Um, <laughs> so thanks, Bowie, for letting us take you around a dog and not biting it this time. Yeah, thank oh, you so much. Oh, he grumbled. He okay. said, you're welcome. All right, well, thanks for hanging out and two girls, one pup, Bobo. All right, so let's move on to Dear Shovel. In our Dear Shovel segment, we answer your questions. So if you have questions about anything, email us at dearskatedate at gmail.com. Yes, because let's be real. We're running out of emails, y'all. We're but, running... when, but when we put an ask on Instagram, we, we can't control so them. We so many questions. And I think the theory is just that like, people are like, people who don't emails like anymore? Email, yeah. They're like, ew, email. I only use my but email just, to buy we, things. We need you to email us for, for just this one thing. Yeah. It'll like, be cute. It'll feel nostalgic. Feel like it's the year two. 2001. Pretend like you're on AOL and you're hearing like you got mail. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yes, um, try something new. Okay. Email us. So here is our dear shovel for the week. Dear shovel, how do I get help with procrastination from skater bat? Ooh, skater bat. Skater bed. Okay, so I'm going to hand this one over to Rebel because I am a procrastinator till the day I die. And it doesn't, it hasn't literally destroyed me yet, so I live with it. And some things I feel like I thrive. I know this sounds like something that's like, hello, that's just you making an excuse for a problem you have. Um, but I feel like my best work comes from when I push it and like having that like, oh my God, I have to fit. I have to draw this right now. I have to do this right now. Like it's due tomorrow. You and know what's so thrive. interesting? That's actually a real thing. And when I was looking up all the stuff about ADHD, uh-huh. that's part of the thing for ADHD uh-huh. because it's like, um, you need those, uh, those hormones to get you like like feel like you're in a pinch in order to stimulate your brain activity and focus. And it's weird because like I'll be like, 
like when I am like have a case of the saddies and I'm like just like uh just don't want to do anything I don't want to deal with life but when I know like something like has to be done right now I'm like go 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 and I it's like mm-hmm. a high it's like a rush yeah out it's of an it. actual so, like hormonal thing that makes sense yeah okay so you talk and give some advice. Okay, so um, I actually really am a procrastinator at heart, but I have trained myself to mostly stop myself from procrastinating. And the best thing that I can suggest for you, and this is what I teach my students to do, is to block out your day um, and have set times in which you are going to like work on specific tasks that you know you need to get done. So this really requires a lot of organization, like knowing what you need to get done during what week and knowing what to get done during each day. And then once you have kind of scheduled out what you need to get done in each day, setting time frames, you're actually going to accomplish that. And then once you get to that time frame, you're going to set timers. So you shouldn't be working on any one task for any much longer than like 15, 20 minutes. You should be working on a task for 15, 20 minutes, and then you need to take a break, completely leave the area, look up, get up, walk around, and then go back and set another timer. So the reason why this works is because when we set timers, we subconsciously know like oh man we're on a like we have a deadline like we have to finish it so essentially that whole thing that you were just talking about that idea of like not feeling um not feeling motivated unless you have the deadline right away Mm -hmm. you're creating fake deadlines for yourself and so you're tricking your mind into releasing a little bit of that hormone. I don't know if it's hormone specifically. It's some sort of chemical. Okay. Um, releasing that chemical, you're tricking your mind into thinking you have a deadline. And so you're able to kick into action and be motivated. Is it like serotonin? I don't know. It's one of them. It mm-hmm. might be serotonin. Mm-hmm. I've been learning about lots of brain chemicals, but I haven't written down all of the... like. Different Yet you things. still refuse to take your ginseng for your memory. I will eventually. Hmm. But yeah, so that's my advice for procrastination. That's actually like legitimate advice that I've learned from people who are doctors and have uh, given to my students and has proved to be very, very helpful. Nice. So what's some bad advice for how to help with procrastination? Just don't do it. Just give up. Just like wait till whatever you need to do. This is in the last 30 minutes. And then just hustle and do your best. (laughs) Yeah. Just throw something together. Like, buy it from the store and say you baked it yourself. Hashtag procrastination nation. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, that was Dear Shovel. Yeah. So, um, also... Gotta give a shout out to someone that gave us a review on Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for giving us a review on Apple Podcast. Nick1777. 777. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Uh, we love you. We're so grateful. Um, if you give us a review, a five-star review, and then you write us a little comment, then we'll shout you out in our episode. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We do. We love you all. I hope everyone has 
an amazing, spooktacular Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. I know there's no trick-or-treating. And if you have kids, I'm so sorry that you can't have that little magic. But I hope you come up with something creative to do at home. Like have them listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> we had some scary talk. Yeah, but definitely like. I had, like, my friend is doing trick-or-treating just with the neighbors, and, like... Or, like, if you have a couple know. cars in your household, like, open up the trunks and, like, put some candy in the trunks and then pretend like they're going to different houses, but really Easter, they're just going to different Easter ha- cars. egg hunting, but for candy. Yeah, go to different... <laughs> have, the, have them trick-or-treat at different places in your house. Yeah, but, That's yeah, cute. just whatever you do, I hope you get dressed up and just get drunk with someone that you love at home or I'm watch about to, movies. I'm about to get drunk with someone that I love And I home. think that's great, and I don't know, I just hope that the magic doesn't die because of what we have to deal with right now. You can keep the Halloween magic alive. Yes. You have that kind of power. You do. So let's raise up our candles, babe. All right. Are we going to drink it after this? No. Oh. Let's wish a spooky, wonderful Halloween. Have a spooky, wonderful Watch Halloween. Watch out for the ghosts and the demons. Ah. It's the veil where it's the thinnest between the dead and the living. And if you survive, we'll see you next week for another skate date. And we hope that when we die, that you bury us in our skates. Please don't like give my skates yeah, to be someone. Yeah, like no, I give cremated. my skates to like literally someone. I who have needs enough the skates, skates that you can burn me in a pair of skates. I just want fine. you to. I just want you to cremate me and like take me to somewhere Maybe beautiful. Kill the spooky vibes. Okay. 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 <laughs>